Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Mo, welcome to the show. Hey, that Thank rhymes. you, Sebastian. Good to be with you. That rhymes, and I didn't even mean for it to rhyme. <laughs> I love when it works out a lot like of things that. Rhyme with Mo. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's good to sit down with you and uh, learn what you guys got going on uh, over at Forum. Uh, but before we do all that, let's help our listeners better understand a little bit about you and your backstory and what really brought you to present day. Yeah. Um, so I uh, ran the entrepreneurs organization right out of college. I got a job, uh, 1990 associate director for a year, and then I became executive director. Wow. And, uh, yeah, a great organization. Back then you had to be under 30, have a million dollar business and be the founder or, or owner basically of yeah. that business. And, uh, over the years they've changed the criteria. They don't have a maximum age anymore. In fact, when I ran it, it was called YEO young entrepreneurs organization. And, uh, now they're OEO. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so just, just entrepreneurs organization. We'll, we'll keep the O out of it. Great, great organization. I've done, I've done some more. I've did uh, several things with them in the past and work with their events yeah, and stuff. So yeah, great. So loved it. Great. It was like my MBA, you know, out of college, seven years there, we grew from a couple of hundred members to a couple of thousand members. But what really, really, really meant a lot to me is these uh, peer groups called forums that was really the backbone of the organization in terms of the members saying, Hey, this is the number one member benefit. And these groups are basically groups of roughly eight people that meet every month in a confidential structured environment to help each other to grow, to learn, to deal with life's, you know, challenges. And uh, I fell in love with that process. And the 97 I quit my job and made it my business. And that's how we started Forum Resources Network. Wow. You know, that's crazy that you say that because every time I think about, I'm not a member of EO, um, but I've, I, I was very much weaved into the, into the fabric of it by helping out with some of their events in, in the past. And through conversation, that was one of the things that really stuck out were the forums, individuals that I would meet to say, hey, listen, life showed up. Yeah. And, and my forum was there to help me sort it out, had nothing to do with business. The other thing that stuck out was that there was no pitching allowed uh, with, within the organization. So to become a member, um, you know, th those things happen naturally. So, um, yeah, there, I, there's definitely uh, uh, power in that. Uh, clearly, you've been able to. Uh, uh, to prove that to be true over the past, you know, couple of decades here. So, so let, let, let's talk about what you're doing now with, uh, with, with forum resources network. It says that you've created peer groups for over 20,000 CEOs in 33 countries, and you're now providing peer groups for many companies, including Google. I'm excited to learn about what this is all about. Yeah. So it's interesting actually, you know, so just before the pandemic, uh, that little company by the name of Google knocked on our door. And, you know, we had done plenty of peer groups for uh, CEOs, as you could imagine, as you just as you just cited. But, uh, you know, and also in some companies as well. But Google, obviously, being a big company was really quite, uh, quite uh, amazing. And what they wanted is they wanted peer groups for their underrepresented minorities in their global affairs division. And basically what, what, I, what I've learned over time, it's now year three that we've, we're working with them, is that the, the underrepresented minorities at Google 
Um, really, were looking for connection. Uh, Google wanted to make sure they retained them. They wanted to make sure they helped them with progression within the Google organization. And the timing could not have been better. So just before the pandemic, I probably had done nothing that's on Zoom. You know, it was all in person. And uh, so we had a global pandemic. We had the George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement. And the, the timing could not have been better. I, I personally was worried, uh, you know, when we said we're going to start this pilot program three years ago as to whether it could work as effectively uh, using, you know, some kind of a, a virtual media. In the case of Google, we use Google Meet, of course, with other clients, we use Zoom. But nonetheless, I was worried as to how effective that would be in terms of a human connection. Uh, but because of the stuff that we've been through and the upheaval that we've been through, I believe it worked like a charm. And uh, I'm absolutely um, just grateful to be able to help people out during the time of need. You know, it's funny that I think, a, you know, a wise person is able to find the good in anything and be able to extract it, you know, whatever the scenario is, either in the middle of it or or in hindsight. And I think that's a, what, what really happened with a lot of businesses, brands and individuals during the pandemic time. We were forced to adapt to a new environment that was foreign to us. But what was birthed out of those opportunities in that forced technology, if you will, were, were some incredible things. I think we now, I think a majority of the world knows how to function on a video call. As a podcaster, I can't say that that was true prior to the pandemic, just for the yeah. simple fact that people met in person and there was a traditional way of doing things. So uh, it's so great to to, to hear insightful things, um, and, 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 um, and good things that have come out of that specifically for businesses and large brands like Google really being able to accomplish some goals. Thanks to technology. It's funny how that works out. A technology company is able to embrace technology <laughs> and, and be able to put into play a great solution. So you've been in business, Ironic. right, right. You've been in business for a long time and, any startup, any business has its growing pains uh, in the beginning and, and ongoing. What would you say have been some of the biggest challenges that you faced over the past uh, two decades of being an entrepreneur, having a startup, building a brand, scaling a brand, et cetera? Wow. Where do I start? Well, first, you know, in the beginning, I had to live in my mother's basement Sure. and I had zero sales. And, uh, for about a year and a half, I amassed $30,000 of credit card debt. So we'll start with that. Uh, sure. and you know, but even then Sebastian, I knew I'm doing what I love and this is what I want to do. And you know what? I'm committed to it and it's going to work and I'm not going to give up. Sure. And so that was just, you know, even in the depths of despair, I'm like, I'm not going back to working for somebody. No. Not a chance. Like, it ain't happening. So I think that was an important piece. And I would tell you, for me, like some people start businesses because, you know, it's about the money. For me, it was more about independence. Uh, it was more about doing what I love. So I'll start with, with that. Within a couple of years, my next big challenge uh, was buying out my business partner. Uh, so, you know, I had this amazing business partner who helped me get started. He helped me with incubating and getting the business going and provided office and, and, and IT support and all that stuff. But then we started to clash. And you know what? I, buying him out was, was probably the scariest thing that I had to go through as, a, as an early entrepreneur. And uh, so that was, that was the next one. 
Um, and then I would say another big challenge, uh, I started another business providing peer groups to Harvard Business School alumni. Uh, that was our first client anyway, but obviously other schools as well. And again, uh, you know, I had a business partner that, that I just, uh, I just couldn't work with them. You know, they're great guys and I'm grateful for both of them and absolutely positively, uh, it affected everything in terms of where I am today. But I will tell you that, um, I've also learned a lot. I don't know if you're familiar with EOS and traction and Gina Wickman's work, uh, but I'm a visionary and to have a business that's going to thrive, you need a visionary and an implementer. And I would say in both cases, my partners were also visionaries. So it was just a little wily in that regard. Um, And then I had an amazing, amazing, amazing uh, assistant for 11 years. And she just got me and and read my mind. And and it was just incredible. And uh, and then I lost her just before the pandemic as well. And, And I'm still on the search. So anybody out there who can run a business uh, who's really got the, 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 the integrator rolled down, who's not a visionary, crazy person, but like nailed down, buttoned up. Yeah. I could use some help. Hey, you know what? The crazy part is you could very well find that individual because of this podcast episode, not because it's the Grit Daily Startup Podcast, and in my opinion, one of the best podcasts out there, but because, again, technology provides us the opportunity through everyday conversation uh, like we're doing right now, uh, for, for those, for those people to, uh, to reveal themselves. So yes, if you're listening to this and you're like, hold on a second, I align with this conversation. I want to have a company his, his links and contact information, uh, to connect further will be in the show notes on there. So, all right. So we talked about the challenge that's been pretty common. It's either you know, a lot of startups or you start, you know, with very little on an air mattress in your mom's basement, in a garage, in your car, tons of credit card debt. Um, but I, and I hear that a lot and have, I've experienced that a lot myself too, but a lot of that is, is derived. It's really part of the, of the, um, it, 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 it comes along with the program. It, I, and it's, yeah. it's kind of unavoidable uh, through that whole process. And I think not only does it build character, but it also shapes and molds us um, into the entrepreneur that we need to be for whatever it is you know, th- that we're building. What would you say outside of the platform that you've built right now and a successful brand? What are some of the best things that have happened to you because of you staying the course and saying, this is my passion. This is what I was born to do. I'm not giving up. I'm staying the course. What would have been some of the fruits of that labor? You know, I'm going to go back to that college kid in 1989 who was about to graduate and not in a million years. And by the way, I struggled in college. Like I was on the Dean's list the last couple of years, but before that academic probation. Right. So that college kid never imagined A, he would be teaching Harvard Business School alumni uh, or working with companies like Google or SHRM or the Young Presidents Organization or the Entrepreneurs Organization and meeting all these amazing CEOs and all these amazing people that are willing to do this soulful work to really be vulnerable and be real and have real relationships. You know, I I just could not have imagined this is where my life uh, would be. And I'm just, I feel blessed. I feel grateful. And, um, you know, they always say, do what you love and you won't work a day in your life. And I couldn't think of a statement that is more true. It really has been the case for me. I have just done what I've loved my whole life. And, uh, I think it's a blessing. Yeah, it really is. It's funny that you say that exact quote. I think about that often. I, I, it took me a long time to find my purpose. Um, 
and I found it with podcasting, it's become my life's work. And I constantly say I would do this for free if money didn't exist. That's how I know this has become my, my life's work. And it is so true. I thought about that. I was thinking even this morning, coming to my seven minute drive to my studio, thinking I get to go to a space that I created on my crazy ideas, but I refuse to give up. And it was, it was during a, you know, a time when it, 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 you had a lot of adverse opinions on where you're going and what you should be doing. And that's a huge component to staying the course as an entrepreneur, as a startup, because when you get started, I mean, your family is going to be the first to say that idea is not going to work. You need to get a job. <laughs> They're the first ones. Then you got your friends and everybody else that come along that process. But when we know in our heart of hearts and we believe down deep that this is the work that we should be doing and we're willing to do whatever it takes to get there, uh, which includes sleeping in basements, you know, but it's, you know, what's it's funny a, about yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's, it's a euphoric feeling to say the least. It is. It is. I'll tell you though. I remember when I started, no one said you can't do it. And that kind of pissed me off. Cause you know, I wanted, I wanted that. <laughs> Can energy. I get some resistance? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I, I just used it as fuel. I used to get offended cause I was offended. Uh, I went through an offended phase in life and, uh, I'd get offended by feedback like that. I, I gladly welcome it and it absolutely fuels this, um, the, the, this fire now. And I think that's a, that's a great hack to, to be an entrepreneur and surviving, uh, the, the startup world. So at the time we're recording this, it's the beginning of 2022. What's in store for Forum Resources Network um, this year and, and moving forward? Yeah, great question. So uh, right now we're uh, working on a new book and uh, it's, it's about a culture of belonging. Um, so one of the things that's really become evident to me, having gone down this path of working with underrepresented minorities and being really steep in the HR world as I've been uh, moderating Sherm's uh, insights forums, I'm seeing that there's a big issue with belonging and it's causing people to resign. And uh, so this book is going to be a culture of belonging and uh, an antidote for the great resignation is the subtitle. And so very excited about this book. I think it really will uh, hit the mark with a lot of people and a lot of companies to really create those uh, relationships that make it so people come to work and they look forward to being at work, not just because of a job or getting paid, but because they actually feel like they belong, because they feel they have friends at work, because they feel like they have a connection at work, because they have transparent and open and honest conversations, because they learn how to give and receive feedback in a constructive way so that they can improve much like, you know, we were touching on a minute ago. Absolutely. Um, So that is, that is really uh, probably one of the most exciting things on the horizon and uh, just uh, can't wait for it to come out. Well, I'm excited for you. That's exactly what, uh, the, you know, the, as, as brands and businesses shift to figuring out how to make sure that diversity and inclusion um, you know, is is a priority within their brand. This is an amazing component to help people either understand it or, or adapt just that much quicker. So I'm excited for you uh, and I look forward to, uh, to to grabbing a copy myself when it drops. When, when does it drop? Is it this year? Thank you. Uh, this year, that June is the deadline and hopefully sooner than that. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mo, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed our conversation and getting to uh, getting to know you a little bit better on what you guys got going on at Forum and the book. And uh, sounds like an exciting 2022 is uh, is upon us here. And uh, wishing you guys the best. We'll have to have you back on the show when the book drops. And uh, wishing you all the success with that. 
Great to be with you, Sebastian. Lots of fun. I look forward to that conversation with you then. Appreciate it. Likewise, Mo. Thanks again. Cheers. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Thank you.